Patriots, assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's go! Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Greetings and good day to all you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high. He is in charge. He's in the captain's chair and he is at the helm behind the wheel. Therefore, he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to his hard line. Before I go any further because of the tech issues, how is the audio? Do I get a 5.5 or a crystal clear just before I continue on? Let's just make sure. I want to make sure I don't sound like I'm in a, uh, there we go, 5.5. Good deal. Thank you, Leslie Liberty. Appreciate that. Today is Labor Day Monday, September 4, 2023, and you are listening to episode 597, the Judiciary Act of 1789, part two. That's right, part two. And we'll be doing a reading out of Psalm 68 today. It's a little bit of a longer reading today. Um, but I have a funny feeling we might have to do a part three just because the Judiciary Act is quite extensive. So we might do another 12 sections and then we'll close it out and then we'll do we'll finish it off tomorrow. So anyway, daily disclaimer. I want to clarify that I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer. I do not possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice, and I do not have a political degree in, or have had any involvement in any constitu- unconstitutional three-letter corrupt agencies like the CIA or FBI. And while I am a member of the Michigan General Jural Assembly and advocate for your participation on the local level in your county and state General Jural Assembly, I am not the official face or voice of the National State or County Assembly. I want to emphasize that I have no affiliation with other groups who try to mimic the lawful assembly, such as the American States Assembly, National Liberty, Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA. And yes, that includes those scumbags over there at Tactical Civics or any other organization outside the Michigan model. I have never participated in any fraudulent status correcting associated with AVR, Bobby Lawrence, and David Strait and Company. And furthermore, I do not endorse or advocate for violence unless you meet me at my door, with it, at which that point it will be addressed accordingly. 
And it's important to note that I am not also also not a part of any cult and definitely not a Freemason on any level. And please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements on this platform are solely my own unless otherwise referenced. So there you go to all the Karens and Darrens. There you go. All right. So let's just get right to it. So <laughs> this is a bit interesting. So when you think it doesn't get any better, we are now starting to hear in the mainstream that was once demonized, right? The, the famous evil demonized horse paste that we all know as ivermectin is now deemed safe and effective to battle COVID within 48 hours, which by the way, we have 12 boxes being delivered this week. Let's give this a quick listen to. I find this very, very intriguing. Doctors could soon have a new tool in their arsenal for the fight against coronavirus. One America's Pearson Sharp has more on the medicine that researchers in Australia say could cure the virus in just 48 hours. The fight against coronavirus could have a powerful new weapon. It's called ivermectin. News out of Australia has revealed doctors are now successfully using the drug to treat patients infected with the coronavirus, with one doctor saying it makes corona very simple to kill. So far, the medicine hasn't been widely used against the coronavirus specifically, but is typically used for parasitic infections. However, a peer-reviewed study led by Monash University back in April found that even a single dose of the drug could kill the coronavirus in less than 48 hours. Ivermectin is well-established and has been available since the 1970s. It's FDA-approved and is on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines. Oh, wait, not now? Now it's on the list of the world's most essential medicines. Well, I hate to break it to you, the people at the WHO and the CDC and anybody else out there who's demonized ivermectin as a no-no, okay? When time comes, you will be swinging at the gallows for crimes against humanity. That means it has very good effects and is considered one of the safest drugs in the world. One of the safest drugs in the world. I bet you it's pretty inexpensive, too. In fact, in 2011, a scientific journal in Japan, where the medicine is originally from, called ivermectin a wonder drug on the same level as penicillin and aspirin. And it's not only potent, it's also very expensive. Well, no kidding. Well, slap my grandma. It is inexpensive. The wholesale cost for a course of treatment is just 12 cents. Wow, just 12 cents. All right, we're not going to continue on just for the sake of time, but there you go. These people act like this is all brand new information. Does anyone else get the feeling that there was a deliberate misinformation campaign to dissuade the use of ivermectin and promote blind vaccination of an experimental chemical uh, that we also call the clot shot? Does that, I mean, anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Huh? Huh? Yeah, I mean, seriously, what the heck, man? I mean, it did. Wow. Uh, so anyway, there you go. See, it's starting to come out now. It's starting to come out, which, by the way, if you do take ivermectin uh, in the form of the, you know, the demonized horse paste, it's also very important that you um, also take lemon water. You want to drink lemon water because from my understanding, you want to have a uh, what do you call it? A, a binder. You want to have a binder that when you kill these parasites in your body, it attaches to uh, this binder. You can basically uh, let it exit out of your body, if you will, for lack of better terms. Um, but anyways, but yeah, I mean, it's just amazing how all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this is this is groundbreaking. Wow. Just freaking wow. Um, 
now continuing on, I want to kind of start off also by acknowledging the presence of a certain mentally ill group of individuals out there who hold, I guess, what you would call an unconventional views of uh, of sorts. Um, they believe it's acceptable to ask the gender identity uh, of children, especially if you're a doctor, you know, uh, like asking a little boy if they feel like they are a boy or a girl or if they're gender fluid or if they're non-binary. I'm about to play a video featuring a father who is very deeply upset with a doctor who has been involved in his two boys' lives for a very long time, or at least since they've been born, I should say. And and when you hear this this audio, you're going to quickly understand his concerns. Um, let me to that. Where is it? Where is it? Well, first off, also, too, I also want to say that, you know, while I'm looking for this, we we live in a time where. OK, how do I want to say this? You know what? I don't even know why I'm trying to even be politically correct, because I don't care. We live in a time where what's considered normal today would have been considered mentally ill and clinically abnormal not too long ago. Right. And and that's just me trying to be nice and putting it lightly. But if I'm going to be completely honest, these people are freaking sick in the head. And that's just me being flat out blunt. Nevertheless. Some individuals insist on promoting this culture, which is causing concern among those who believe differently. And by differently, I mean in a way that God was always supposed to have us live. Right. We were never meant to be you know, we were never meant to mutilate ourselves and to intervene in the biological makeup of how we were designed by our Heavenly Father. Oh, oh yeah, and might I add how we were growing in the womb of a woman. Not a transsexual, but of a real woman, you know, with a womb and a cervix and, 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 and all the other lady parts that a real woman has, you know? Yeah. Let's listen to this audio piece for a second. I feel for this guy. I tell you what, I'd be so pissed. I just pulled over uh, to do this video because I'm literally on fire right now. I just got off the phone with my wife, who took my nine and seven year old boys to the doctor today. Physicals for tackle football and school next year and all that other shit. The first, my nine year old son went in first. And the first thing this woman asks him, is if he identifies as a boy, a girl, gender fluid, or non-binary. My son, he's never heard of any of that shit before. You've been dealing with him your whole life. He is clearly a boy's boy. So what are you, trying to plant a fucking seed in his head? I, the only thing I could be thankful for is that my wife took them instead of me and props to my wife because she said something and if she didn't they would ask my seven-year-old son the same damn question this shit is ridiculous and to the people out there to think that there's nothing wrong with that and i'm just a a, a transphobe or all that shit you're up this is bullshit. yeah and i feel for him I, he, he's right and I apologize for the F-bombs, ladies and gentlemen. I, I do apologize. I totally forgot about that. Um, but you know what? Uh, I, I'm not going to ever, uh, I'm not ever going to, uh, you know, say, hey, it's okay to say bad words in this case or that case. But look, I, I understand fully where he's coming from. These people are effed up. 
They are. They're sick in the head. They're psychos, as Destry says right here in the chat, which I think is quite frankly, honestly, and more bluntly put than what I, you know, how I put it. But yeah, these people are psychotic. And they belong in a mental institution. And anybody also who wants to just come at me sideways saying, oh, Jason, you're such a homophobe, you're a transphobe. Go jump off a big pier in the ocean. Okay, seriously, just go, 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 go jump. All right. I'm not telling you to go off yourself, but just go jump off a long pier in a very deep ocean. And hopefully, maybe just maybe that hard smack on the water will knock a little freaking sense into your freaking two brain cells that are left there unless they're on vacation. Seriously, these people are effed up. And listen to this artsy fartsy art teacher here introducing herself and how she needs pronouns and how she's going to correct her students. If they use the wrong pronouns, listen to this nonsense. This is, ladies and gentlemen, why you need to homeschool. Cool. My name is Teacher Roby. I am non-binary. I use they, them pronouns. They are a great art teacher. They taught us how to draw a stitch. Many of you already know that about me. Pronouns are super important for myself, for you. It's important that we get it right every single time. If you ever make a mistake, I'll just politely correct you. And you should also be making sure that you use those correct pronouns. Questions about that? We can talk about it offline, all right? We can talk about it offline. Might I add this uh, art teacher, okay, uh, and, and since they want to use proper pronouns, I'm just going to say they look like they rolled out of bed um, from a correctional facility. For God's sake, these people are teaching our children? What the hell is wrong with the public school system? Oh, I am a non-binary, and I'm going to teach your five-year-old little children, and we're going to invite drag queens in and we're gonna have drag queen story hour yeah no 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 we're not no we're not you guys belong in handcuffs and you belong in jail and or a mental institution i mean what the flying flip-flop is going on out here i mean seriously seriously now indeed there's been a lot happening lately right there's no doubt about that. We've been contending with a particular group of individuals that are determined to sow division and hinder the progress of the reassembly of states. And we are well aware of who those people are and appropriate actions are actively being taken. And when all is said and done, they will face severe consequences for their crimes against our country and its people. Now, earlier this week, Destry, who is in the Alaska General Journal Assembly, he's listening in right now. Hello, Mr. Destry Payne. He addressed the National Assembly for about 10 minutes, and he spoke in a manner that truly prompts uh, deep reflection. And he dived into what the future would look like and what it holds, discussing uh, the hidden technologies that have been suppressed from us, right? That's been concealed from us. Technologies that are capable of easing our lives and potentially extending our lifespans even to some degree. You know, we've come to realize that we've been led and often taught the wrong ways in various aspects of life. And what we were told would keep us healthy often had the opposite effect. And what was warned to make us ill might have actually improved our well-being. Ah, gee, I don't know, like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, for example. 
Now, I'm speaking very broadly here, but I'm sure you catch what I'm saying here. This is this is how malevolent forces operate, right? Twisting everything good that God created and reversing it and bastardizing it and using it against us. Now, I recommend listen closely, listening closely to this, again, approximately roughly about a 10-minute audio segment from Destry from uh, Thursday's National Assembly call. It's not only profoundly thought-provoking, but it also provides insight into why and the how, but more importantly, the why we are reassembling our states and why we are striving for self-governance and seeking to reinstitute a just form of government, right? Back to a republic. Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution. Look it up. Read it. But nowadays, the concept of a republic seems pretty obscure. And we need to redefine it for our times. In case you missed it, this segment, again, was part of this past Thursday's call. So give this a listen to before we get into the Bible reading. Species, as a race, man, that means all of us. Men, women, child, doesn't matter. All of us. Breathe on this planet. We have been under one form or another of oppression as far back as history can, uh, as far back as history is recorded. The founding fathers tried to escape that oppression. And Jesus came to try and free us from it. People have been taught throughout history to compete with each other to be better than your fellow man instead of trying to lift your fellow man. We've been taught to take advantage when you can to get ahead of the guy next to you, to step on him if you need to, do it lightly so you don't complain very much. Try and show him how to operate the machinery just enough for you to get ahead where he don't. It's time that we as a people that. It's time that we as a people start moving to a better future. What we're doing by assembling and restoring our original republic is just a small step. This first small step to try and get out from underneath the oppressive thumb of others. We have had so much technology, wondrous technology that has been hidden has been locked away that would allow us to live twice a lifetime that we live now. There would be no more sickness, no more disease, no more hardships. Even money would not be necessary. We're on the verge of becoming an interplanetary species. 
we're on the verge of standing on standing on Mars here in the next few years. Thank you, Elon, for having the guts and the ambition to step out and do something others wouldn't do or others were oppressed from. We're going to be moving into a period of unlocking technology. Unlocking our abilities of what we can be, what we can do. Space travel. Mining rare ores on asteroids. Traveling the stars. Doing things we can't even comprehend right now. Our children, our great grandchildren, having the ability to go as far as their imaginations can carry them instead of being stopped and held into one little spot in a rut, barely making a living and struggling just to raise their offspring. We as a people reassemble, overcome the suppression, expunge it from ourselves, work on lifting each other, Work on reaching beyond what we can see now. We need to grow. We need to raise our intelligence. We've been poisoned to dumb us down. Where are all the great inventors that we had during the 1800s? We have none today. Why? But is that technology we have? assistance with this AI. We should have inventions that were uncomprehendable happening right now. Way beyond anything we've heard of. Are we going to fight and uh, argue and struggle against each other to get a little bit greener grass to graze in? Or are we going to work at lifting each other so we can soar. These are things that have been going through my mind for years. These are the things that I envision when I come on this call every week since 2018. I'm not giving up. I keep hammering away every day whatever it takes. I know we can do it. I believe in everybody on this call. I believe you can do it. We can pray. We can send prayers to God. Ask him for help. He'll help us. He gave us all this. He put it within our reach. He did it for a reason. So we can grow, so we can expand, be fruitful. When you said fruitful, it wasn't just here. It's everywhere in more ways than just physically, too. We need to be fruitful in our minds. Cool. 
reach beyond what we have been, what we could be. We need to reach even further. Medical sciences, med beds, incredible technology, limited energy. You know, our earth produces petroleum. It always has. It's an unending renewable resource. It is. Just because you got oil tyrants and bankers lied to you so that they could uh, make killer profits onto it and control people with it. Try to say it's a fossil fuel and there's only so much of it and we'll run out. Well, that's an oppressor. That's an oppression. That's a lie. Our earth is always generated, still does. They've got deserts where it's starting to puddle up. They don't pull it out of the ground. It starts creating black lakes. You can search the net. You can see it yourself. Word's getting out. We're done with the oppression. It's time for us as, as a people to emerge. Throw off the shackles. We need to run right into the limitless future we have in front of us. We just got to have the courage to do it. Now, yield on that. I'll unlock the board board here. A little bit of um, Q&A if you want. Or if somebody wants to, you can just bring closing prayer and we could call it a night. But whatever you want to do, I'm going to unlock the board. That, ladies and gentlemen, was one of our fearless leaders here within the assembly. That'd be Destry Payne. They're in a great, great, great state of Alaska. That was definitely a call to action. What did he say at the end of that? We need to run in the future there. We got to do it with courage. Destry said he has... He had much more he, that he wanted to say, which by the way, I'm telling you right now, if, I mean, I know today you're off work, it's up to you. I'll improvise a little bit, but if you want to come on the show, you're more than welcome. You just let me know. I don't know what you're, I know you're usually busy building stuff, but, uh, you just say the word and you got it. I'll call you right up. But that was an excellent, excellent speech. That was an excellent speech, and I think people do need to hear more because people need to understand that we need to take off those shackles like he said. We need to run into the future, the limitless future. And so I'm not going to put pressure on him, so if he chooses to today, great. If not, we'll try to arrange another day. Let me see here. Oh, he he is building. He just sent me a text, folks. He said, uh, LOL, building for sure. And he sent me a picture. Yeah, he's working on his barn. So what we're going to do is we will we will definitely schedule a different you know, time for sure. Um, and we'll play that again on another show. And then we can allow him to expound on that. Um, so maybe we'll try to work on that sometime this week or next week. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's see here. Let's see. Uh, it, oh, it, then it went. I saw that he called in. Maybe it was an accident, maybe. Let's see here. Hold on. 
old phone, guys. Hold on a second. Just sending him a quick text. I saw it came up that he uh, requested to join in on the call. But I know, like I said, with him being busy and it's starting to get cold up there and he's trying to get stuff done. Oh, yeah, he said he would. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to see if I can call him here. Let's do this. Hey, hey, can you hear me? All right. Yep. Hey, there you are. That was a great speech, Destry. Seriously, that was that was excellent. What 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 prompted uh, the inspiration for that? Just uh, things I think about. Decided to bring it forward, see if I can get some other people to start looking at things a little different. Why we've got to do what we got to do. And some of the future things I wanted to talk about on there, but I didn't is there's a lot of people that get freaked out and scared over this AI and nanotech. Well, what happens if you got a spacecraft that's built out of nanotech that uses AI to control it when you control the AI with a thought? You got a, you've got a ship that can repair itself, change shape, modify itself into something different while you're in it cruising across space wow see elon's building these rockets reusable that's just the first step we we get some of this technology come forward into our hands the people's hands to do what we want it to do it's going to be limitless what we can do that's amazing you want to take off, take off for a weekend and go hang out around Saturn, check out the rings? It could be something as simple as jumping into your car and commanding it to change shape and go and shoot right out of the atmosphere and head on over to Saturn and get out. And not take that much time. A couple hours. Wow. Wow. That, that, that technology actually exists. Yes. Wow. People don't. People are scared because the media is putting it out to where it's all dangerous. Like Elon's, uh, um, where you can plug AI into your mind. You know, they always come off at the angle of how just it can be destructive to the people. Right. And you know, they brought out movies like Terminator. They, they oppress the people with this stuff and to keep people in fear. And that's what I was talking about. We need to shed the shackle. Hmm. Now, here's a question, because some people, which I can actually understand this view, somebody was putting on the chat board, maybe you might see it. Somebody was saying that they were scared more of the transhumanism aspect of it, not so much the AI, but the the, the merging of AI with, uh, with, with people. Uh, I can see that being kind of a real, you know, real uh, concern. What do you think? Okay. Now think about this. What happens if someone that wound up in some kind of an accident and they wound up quadriplegic? They wind up with uh, false legs and arms. AI that runs off their thought where they can actually have feeling everything. 
just like normal, but AI substituting for what you originally had for a nervous system. Okay, good point. That's actually a really good point. I mean, if wow, okay, never thought about that angle of it before because, you know, I've always said that people, when they get knee replacements, shoulder replacements, hip replacements, the only thing you're missing, obviously, is the technology to make life a little easier. But yeah, you're already, you're, you're, you're dead on. I mean, that's, that's actually a really good point. Never thought about that. Yeah. And no longer paralyzed. AI substitutes for a destroyed nervous system. Very possible. Very, very interesting. I like that. Yeah, it's a very good look at it. Huh. Yeah. See, it's just a tool. It's like a knife, a pistol, anything else. It can do whatever you want it to do, whether it's good or ill. Yeah. That's up to you, not that. It's all about intent. Correct. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, somebody actually was just asking here in the chat, what about like the med bed? Wouldn't med beds be able to help with, with stuff like that? Or is that only limited to so far? Okay, let's say med bed. You uh, have a prosthetic. You got steel pins and joints. You climb in that med bed, it does a complete atomic scan of your body, reads your DNA, resequences all your atoms, including those prosthetics, back to the original keys of your DNA. It would literally transform those prosthetics back to living flesh. Oh, wow. Ordered exactly according to your DNA. Yes, it does exist. Yes, it is capable of doing that. Yeah, this is all mind-blowing for me. I tell you, this is all definitely new for me. And I think for a lot of people too, you know, I mean, obviously you've, you've studied and, and you've, you've, you've re researched this and you know quite a bit more than, than the average uh, man or woman out there. But uh, I, I, this is very interesting. This is a, a really excellent conversation. And so I'm, I'm in that speech that, that you made the other night, you were saying, uh, don't quote me on this. I think, what was it? Within a few years, we would see kind of some of these things kind of start to emerge. Is that right? Yes. Wow. See, we're going to Mars. Within the next five, seven years, we're going to have a colony on Mars. Yeah, I can that believe soon. that. I can believe that. You know, we're going to need this. We're going to need this technology over there. Going to have to have it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. What's interesting is too, actually, now I'm thinking about it, my stepbrother uh, down in Florida, he works for a company, I think it's I think it's called Blue Origin. I think it's supposed to be Bezos' company, if I'm not mistaken. And I think he was talking about how they're, they're trying to figure a way, or not figure a way, maybe that I'm using the wrong word, but they're, they're developing um, ideas and, uh, I guess, engineer ways to live out in space have colonies out in space which i find kind of intriguing it's like elon musk versus bezos yes see elon went ahead and did it he's like like trump can't be bought is good bullheaded and gonna do what he wants to do he wants to see man go to space he wants to see us have civilizations interplanetary and he's doing it mm -hmm. and this is why the elite is going after SpaceX, Elon, trying to screw with them like they're screwing with Trump. 
and Bezos doesn't want to get left behind. So he's stepping out to put out some information that he's trying to hang on to Elon's shirt tails. Mm. But it's happening. Yeah, that is interesting. That is very, very interesting. But uh, anything else that you wanted to add from uh, on that kind of add on to your thoughts from Thursday um, that you had on, on your, you know, on the top of your head there? Yeah. You know, God gave this stuff to us. He put it in our reach for a reason. We wouldn't have access if he didn't, if he didn't intend us to have it. It's up to us what we do with it. That's a big thing yeah, um, People from Genesis think God's domain is just this little planet of ours created in six days. Well, there's a whole lot more than that. You got a limited expanse of space other planetary bodies and the bible didn't go into that because that was beyond our generations at the time to even wrap our mind around hmm. but really think about it we have access we have not been turned down we have not been turned back or denied we're sending things out to other planets it's all within reach as we grow that said, we're being fruitful by doing this. Yeah. Well, I tell you, that would, <clears throat> excuse me, that would be, I think, an amazing family vacation. I mean, I, I, I could smell a, another sequel for the National Lampoon's Family Vacation movie coming right now, going to moon, going to Mars. <laughs> and mixed, crossed over with airplane too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Oh man. <laughs> oh man, that'd be so great. Well, you know, it does it is it is intriguing to me because as a kid, I think a lot of people we've always thought about wanting to go out into space. I know I have. I mean, I, I don't know any normal man or woman out there. Well, man for sure. I don't know about women, but I've always thought it'd be kind of a cool thing to go into space, go into the moon. Thought that would be cool as heck, you know. So to see that this could possibly be a reality here in a few short years or, or even beyond that some is 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 pretty exciting uh idea nancy asked here are there inhabitants on other planets well there's as many worlds out there as there are grains of sand on a beach wouldn't it be extremely egotistical if we think we're alone and we're the only ones that's right that's the way I look at it. I wholeheartedly agree. There's no way on this little marble that we're the only life out there. Not, not to mention only intelligent life. I think we're pretty inferior compared to what might be out there. Honestly, we might be looked at like ants. I mean, realistically, you know, I mean, if I can be honest, that's what I think. I think we'd be looked at like, yeah, April says it best, like infants. That's better, better put. Yeah, we'd probably be looked at like infants compared to the other other life that might be out there. Maybe the only other life out there is plant life on other places. Who knows? Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, 
any any other ideas you want to expound on uh, before we get into the reading here? We got to do this more often. We got to get you on here more often. We we always see you in the chat. We need you on 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 audio here. <laughs> you said you were going to talk. You were going to eventually do a start a podcast yourself or like video streaming. Are you are you still thinking about doing that? Yeah. After you get everything, after you get your little mini city built there in Alaska, <laughs> <laughs> that barn is nice, by the way. That barn is really, really nice. You, you did an excellent job on that. I'll have to post. Oh, some, I'll have to post some pictures yeah. on Telegram. Yeah, and too many people got a three-story barn. Man, that's, <laughs> a, that's a yeah, that's a it's a huge barn, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, this thing is freaking ginormous, but it's it's it mostly all by yourself with the what with 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 you know with a few few uh bits of help from your son right here and there yeah he helped me uh put some sheets up top he helped me stand up the trusses um he helped me put the sheet metal roof on but other than that i pretty much did it all myself that's amazing i'm gonna take some of those pictures and post it on uh, telegram so people can see just exactly what what the destry pain there can is capable of but that's what you got to do up there in alaska i mean that's pretty much how you guys have to live i mean you guys are for the most part i mean it seems like you guys are jacks of all traits on many levels, right? I mean, you, you have to do these things and you have to do it in a very short order of time too, considering the seasons, right? That's right. Because if you don't, you don't survive. Oh boy. I would die very quickly. <laughs> we, we got, we got snow north of Fairbanks right now coming down. Oh geez. Really? Yes. So, so them ice road truckers are already starting to see ice already and, and snow going up to the, uh, Dead horse, right? Or crazy horse, dead horse, whatever that is up there. Yep, dead horse, Prudhoe Bay. Yeah, it's, it's starting to freeze up there now. Oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'm too much of a pansy. Give me Tennessee all day long. <laughs> yeah, two nights ago, I seen another lights first time since back in spring. Wow. Now, that would be a cool thing to see. I will say that. I think that would be a really cool thing to see is the northern lights. I, that's on my bucket list. I think I'm at the Drag Katie up there and freezer in the middle of January so we can see those. <laughs> Well, we just go up to Tina Hot Springs. It's like 105 degrees, and they're just kicked back and enjoy it and watch the Northern Lights. Oh, man, that would be cool. That would be really cool, except getting out and drying off. How, how do you guys figure that out? I mean, that's got to be. It's, it's, it's so You're so hot when you get out of there. That cold actually feels good. Really? Yeah, you oh. got about three minutes to get inside the building before that cold starts sinking into you. Oh, so the, it's like an actual building. So, like, do you have to pay like a like a fee or a fare to 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 get out there? Is that how that works? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, fifteen bucks, fifteen dollars. Oh. But okay. yeah, they got indoor swimming pools, indoor hot tubs. You come back in, you can go bounce around them for a while before you decide you want to get a steak dinner at the restaurant and leave. Oh, shoot! It's like the equivalent of a YMCA, but better. Hey, there. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Now I got, now I really want to get up there. How far of a drive is that from you? One hour. One hour. You just say it like it's just going to Walmart. One hour. It's <laughs> yep. an hour drive. Louise, an hour drive for me is, well, actually, yeah, I guess an hour is not that bad. I mean, considering where I go, but yeah, still, I mean, for most people, you know, five minutes up the road from their house is like five minutes too far. <laughs> but that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty cool, though. That's pretty cool. Well, I tell you what, sir, we, we need to get you on here more often. And, uh, and, uh, you know, anytime you have, like I told Bill Hermanson, right. Anytime you got something that you have on your mind or you want to get out there, you, I mean, you know, I have to tell you desperate, we're friends. You, you, you come on here anytime unannounced that you know how that works. So, oh yeah. but, uh, well, I will have to let you go, my friend, so we can do the Bible reading. 
I see it's eight o'clock because I have to get up at 2 a.m., my friend, and 2 a.m. comes very, very quickly for me. <laughs> yeah, six hours. You better get from bed. 10-4 on that. All right, sir. Well, thanks for uh, joining us and uh, on this impromptu conversation and expounding from your Thursday night's uh, speech. I really appreciate that. I know everybody else does, too. Yep. All right. All right. Take care. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was uh, Destry Payne there from the great state of Alaska. We're gonna have him on more often. That was pretty cool. I like I like kicking the you know kicking the uh, you know kicking. Uh, I'm trying to be correct here. You know how they always say shooting the s h i t. Um, I'm trying to watch my mouth, but you know, man, it's nice having a good conversation. So let's get into the reading real quick. Um, we may have to push off. <laughs> we may have to push off the act we might get a couple readings in who knows but uh let's get into the reading first because the reading is fairly long uh psalm 68 and it starts off by saying let god arise and let his enemies be scattered let those also who hate him flee before him as smoke is driven away so drive them away as wax melts before the fire so let the wicked perish at the presence of god but let the righteous be glad let them rejoice before god Yes, rejoice exceedingly. Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds by his name and rejoice before him. A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in dry land. O God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, Salah, the earth shook. The heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. You, O God, sent a plentiful rain, whereby you confirmed your inheritance when it was weary. Your congregation dwelt in it. You, O God, provided from your goodness for the poor. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those who proclaimed it. Kings of armies flee. They flee, and she who remains at the home divides the spoil. Though you lie down among the sheep, you will be like a dove covered with silver in her feathers with yellow gold. When the Almighty scattered kings in it, it was white as snow in Zalman. A mountain of God is the mountain of Bashan. A mountain of many peaks is the mountain of Bashan. Why do you fume with envy, you mountains of many peaks? This is the mountain which God desires to dwell in. Yes, the Lord will dwell in it forever. The chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of thousands. The Lord is among them as in Sinai, in the holy place. You have ascended on high. You have led captivity captive. You have received gifts among men, even from the rebellious, that the Lord God might dwell there. Blessed be the Lord, who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation, Salah. Our God is the God of salvation, and to God the Lord belong escapes from death. But God will, will wound the head of his enemies, the hairy scalp of the one who still goes on in his trespasses. The Lord said, I will bring back from John. I will bring them back from the depths of the sea, that your foot may crush them in blood, and the tongues of your dogs may have their portion from your enemies. They have seen your procession, O God the procession of my God, my King, into the sanctuary. The singers went before, the players on instruments followed after. 
and among them were the maidens playing timbrels. Bless God in the congregation, the Lord from the fountain of Israel. There is little Benjamin, their leader, the princess of Judah and their company, the princes of Zebulon and the princes of Naphtali. Your God has commanded your strength, strengthen, O God, what you have done for us because of your temple of Jerusalem, at Jerusalem, excuse me, at Jerusalem, kings will bring presents to you. Rebuke the beast of the reeds, the herd of bulls with the calves of the peoples till everyone submits himself with pieces of silver. Scatter the people who delight in war. Envoys will come out of Egypt. Ethiopia will quickly stretch out her hands to God. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. O oh, sing praises to the Lord, Salah. To him who rides on the heavens of heavens, which were of old, indeed, out his voice, a mighty voice, ascribe strength to God. His excellence is over Israel, and his strength is in the clouds. O oh God, you are more awesome than your holy places. The God of Israel is he who gives strength and power to his people. Blessed be God. And that is the reading of Psalm 68. A little longer than most of the other uh, readings that we've been, you know, uh, get, getting in. But this psalm reminds us of an awe-inspiring power of God, right? And, and protection of the vulnerable and his boundless blessings. And as we reflect on this psalm, let us draw inspiration from its verses and apply its timeless truths to our very own lives. Now, number one, it's important to note that God's power and victory um, here in this psalm, it begins by exclaiming, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. These words remind us that God is a powerful and victorious God, right? And when we face challenges and difficulties in life, we can find strength in knowing that the same God who scattered his enemies in the past is with us today, and he is our refuge and strength. And then when we look at the triumph of the righteous, verse 3 tells us, but let all the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. See, as believers, we find our joy and gladness in God's presence, right? And our righteousness is not just our own, but comes from the relationship with him. And rejoice exceedingly in the knowledge that God's grace covers us and we can stand righteous before him. Then there's God's compassion vulnerable. And as we read in verses five and six, we see God's heart for the fatherless, for the widows, right? For those that are in need. He is ultimately the defender and provider for those people. And as God's people, we are called to emulate, very important, we are called to emulate his compassion by caring for the vulnerable in our midst. And let us seek to be channels of God's love and provision to those in need, right? We are supposed to be the extensions of God. Now, make no mistake, I'm not saying we're supposed to be God, but we're supposed to be extensions of God, right? Serving others at the, at, at the uh, call of God, right? If God tells you pay for this single woman and her children's meal when you're out with your family for breakfast, you better heed that call and pay for their meal anonymously, by the, by the way. And don't go bragging about it. We're supposed to be extensions of God's love and provision to those in need. Now, the majesty of God's presence is very notable here because as verse 17 paints a very vivid picture of God's majesty, surrounded by chariots and thousands of thousands of chariots, right? God's presence is awe-inspiring in this place, in this holy place, right? It's holy. And as we worship him, 
Let us approach with reverence and humility, recognizing the greatness of the God that we serve. And then we look at the strength and blessings from this psalm, right? Because the psalm concludes with a declaration of God's strength and blessings. He is our source of strength and salvation. As we face life's battles, we can rely on strength to carry us through. And let us also acknowledge that his daily blessings in our lives are both large and small. And so overall, Psalm 68 is a very beautiful reminder of God's power, compassion, and blessings. And it calls us to rejoice in his presence, care for the vulnerable, and draw strength from him in our daily lives as we reflect on this psalm. Let us join in saying, blessed be God, right? May his name be praised in all circumstances, for he is truly worthy of our worship and adoration. Amen. Now. Time is a little pressing, but you know what? That was worth the interruption. But I do want to just kind of cover what we covered a little bit yesterday. <clears throat> so we went through sections 1 through 12 in the Judiciary Act of 1789. So let's just kind of go over a brief summary of each section. So section 1, we talked about how that how the act established the Supreme Court of the United States, right? Led by a chief justice and five associate justices. And they would hold two yearly sessions beginning in February and August, and the associate justices' seniority was based on their commission dates. Now, Section 2 discussed uh, the United States was divided into 13 districts, right? Each with a specific name, like Maine District and Georgia District. Uh, Section 3 covered, uh, it created district courts in each district, and each presided over a single judge. And these judges would hold four annual sessions, and they could also convene special courts when necessary. Uh, section four discussed how the district courts uh, or the, excuse me, the districts were grouped into three circuits, eastern, middle and southern. Um, section five was talking about uh, how it specified when the circuit courts first sessions would begin in different districts and where they would be held. Uh, section six talked about the act allowing the Supreme Court and circuit courts to adjourn as needed. Uh, section seven basically discussed how the Supreme Court and district courts could appoint clerks who took oaths and provided bonds to perform their duties diligently. Uh, section eight, the justices and district judges had to take an oath to administer justice impartially according to the Constitution and the laws of the United States. Section nine discussed how the district courts in, had jurisdiction over various types of classes, including crimes, admiralty, and maritime matters, as well as seizures under U.S. law, and they could also handle suits where an alien sued for a violation of international law or treaties. Then you had Section 10, where it talked about Kentucky and Maine district courts had expanded jurisdiction, and circuit courts could hold, excuse me, could hear appeals from district courts. And then the last two sections, 11 and 12, so Section 11 talked about how the circuit courts had jurisdiction over civil suits exceeding $500 in various criminal cases, and they could also hear appeals from district courts. And Section 12 outlined procedures for removing cases from state courts to federal courts, especially if the case involved land titles. So in essence, you know, this historic act established the framework for our federal court system. And it determined how different types of cases would be handled and in which courts. And it outlined the roles and procedures for the judges, clerks, and the courts themselves. A very, very crucial step and shaping the legal system for the United States. Now, I know time is of the essence, but I think I'll just read a couple real quick. Um, and then, like I said, maybe tomorrow what we'll do is we'll marathon this. So th this may possibly have a part four to it. We'll do part three tomorrow and then part four 
uh, part three tomorrow and then part four the next day possibly because I don't really want to rush through this. But Section 13 says, and be it further enacted that the Supreme Court shall have exclusive ju- jurisdiction of all controversies of a civil nature where a state is a party except between a state and its citizens and except also between a state and citizens of other states or aliens in which latter case it shall have original but no exclusive jurisdiction and shall have exclusively all such jurisdiction of suits or proceedings against ambassadors or other public ministers or their domestic or domestic servants as a court of law can have or exercise consistency excuse me consistently with the law of nations and original but not exclusive jurisdiction of all suits brought by ambassadors or other public ministers or in which a consul or vice consul shall be a party and the trial of issues in fact in the supreme court in all actions at law against citizens of the united states shall be by jury The Supreme Court shall also have appellate jurisdiction from the circuit courts and courts of the several states. And in the cases herein, after specially provided for and shall have power to issue writs of prohibition to the district courts when proceeding as courts of admiralty and maritime jurisdiction and writs of mandamus in cases warranted by the principles and usage of law, usages of law to any courts appointed or persons holding office under the authority of the United States. So that was section 13. Now section 14, and be it further enacted that all the before mentioned courts of the United States shall have power to issue writs of sire fascius, habeas corpus, and all other writs not specially provided for by statute which may be necessary for the exercise of the of their respective jurisdictions and agreeable to the principles and the usages of law and that either the justices of the supreme court as well as judges of the district court shall have power to grant writs of habeas corpus for the purpose of an inquiry into the cause of commitment a-a- provided that writs of habeas corpus shall in no case extend to prisoners and uh, guile goal Unless I, I might be pronouncing that wrong, it's uh, spelled G A O L. Um, unless where they are in custody, under or by color of the authority of the United States, or are committed for trial before some court of the same, or are necessary to be brought into court to testify. I think what I'll do is I'll just go a couple more here. Section 15 says, and be it further enacted that all the said courts of the United States shall have power in the trial of action at law on motion and due notice therefore being require the parties to produce books of writings in their possessions of or power which contain evidence pertinent to the issue in cases and under circumstances where they might be compelled to produce the same by the ordinary rules of proceeding in chancery and if a plaintiff shall fail to comply with such order to produce books of writings, it shall be lawful for the courts, respectively, on motion to give the like judgment for the defendant as in cases of non-suit. And if a defendant shall fail to comply with such order to produce books or writings, it shall be lawful for the courts, respectively, on motion as aforesaid to give judgment against him or her by default. We'll do, you know what, just for good measure, we'll do 16 and 17. Section 16, very short. 
and be it further enacted that suits in equity shall not be sustained in either of the courts of the United States in any case where plain, adequate, and complete remedy may be had at law. And we'll finish off with section number 17. That's a good number. And be it further enacted that all the said courts of the United States shall have power to grant new trials in cases where there has been a trial by jury for reasons for which new trials have usually been granted in the courts of law and shall have power to impose and administer all necessary oaths and affirmations and to punish by fine or imprisonment at the discretion of said courts. All contempts of authority in any cause or hearing before the same and to make and establish all necessary rules for the orderly conducting business in the said courts, provided such rules are to the laws of the United States. And we will end it right there. I think tomorrow we should be able to get through sections 18 through 35 or wherever it ends at. I think we should be able to do that. Might be a little long winded. I might have to reduce the. Uh, what do you call it? Might have to reduce the audio pieces tomorrow, but I think we can get through the rest of the sections tomorrow. So we're going to pick it back up tomorrow at section 18. And what we're going to do is we're going to end this off in prayer. And so with that, I want to say, Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you so very much for this excellent conversation we had today with a, a good friend up there in Alaska. And thank you for all the many people in the Assembly of States all across this land across the United States and actually across the world, might we uh, add, because we know there are other countries out there that are watching the United States very carefully, very closely, and they are doing their best to follow our lead, to take back the reins, take back power in their own respective jurisdictions. And we just pray that we will be successful uh, with you at our side, or I should say with us at your side, because we cannot move forward without you, Father God, you are the only one that's going to allow this to happen with your blessing and with your grace. And so we're doing everything we can to, to do things the right way, to do things the proper way, the righteous way, the way that you we feel that we're being called to be led. And so we just ask that you just guide us every step of the way, guide our thoughts, our minds, our words, our actions. And, and also we just pray for those out there who are seeking healing and are praying for healing. Uh, people who may have gotten out of surgery or they're, they're, they're fighting an, an, Ill, an illness or a disease, pr please give healing, provide healing and provide remedy for all these people that, that are crying out to you, Father. Uh, Oscar puts here in the chat, uh, we also pray for Maui and the people of Hawaii. Uh, we pray for all those people and people anywhere else around the world that might be dealing with uh, devastation. Uh, because of natural disasters or, you know, weather manipulation by the bad people. Uh, so, Father, we also pray for the uh, um, special intentions that people have in their hearts for the unspoken prayer. Uh, for those that don't know how to put it in word form or, you know, they don't know how to pray, you know their prayers, Father, and we just ask that you answer those prayers. And we pray all of this in your holy son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> I really appreciate all of you being here. And, you know, there is one little thing I want to end with, one little audio piece. All right. This is called The Parachute Jumper. This is by a, a podcaster that I just started listening to off and on. Um, you might know his name. I believe he is the owner and CEO of the Fit Body Boot Camps. Uh, 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 Bedros Kulian, I believe, is his name. I might have pronounced that wrong. But here's a little short 
um, excerpt here that I wanted to end off on. This is a very interesting story, and I want to make a point at the end of this. Give this a quick listen. A friend of mine, he was in the Air Force, and he was a pararescue jumper. What his job was, when an American plane was shot down behind enemy lines, his job was to parachute in and rescue that pilot. He goes, but you want to hear something funny about that? He goes, not everyone wants to be rescued. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, our job is to jump out of the helicopter and swim over to that pilot and go, hey, man, I'm an American. I'm here to rescue you. And if they're cooperative and they listen, I'm able to rescue them. He goes, but if they're panicking, they've gone limbic, they've gone crazy, they're crawling on all top of me, and now I feel like I'm going to drown. We're taught to give them a strong shake and hopefully snap them out of their state. And if they're still going crazy, if they're still screaming and hooting and hollering and they're crawling on top of me and holding on to me, and now there's a risk for me to drown, we're taught to punch them in the face and swim away. Because that day, we're only going to have one American drown. And I thought that was a very powerful lesson. And it's a harsh reality of life, but it's a very powerful lesson. That is a very powerful lesson. And the reason I bring that up and play that is because there's not a lot of people. There's, there's quite, I should say, there's quite a few people out there who just don't want to be rescued. They don't want to admit that they need to be rescued. There's a lot of people that when you try to give them the truth of what's going on, you try to give them the remedy, right? They complain about our government. They complain about being taxed into, you know, ob you know oblivion. But when you try to tell them about the assembly of states and what the history, um, what the real history is, and you, you try to lead them, right, in the right direction, so many people just want to poo poo like no 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 that's a bunch of bs I, I just don't subscribe to that you know there's just no way that the people can get control of the government blah 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 right this is that brainwashing right that that manipulation that that has been set in in their minds because of mk ultra type programs right the um you know the the, the cia ran and operated programs that that operate from the media and movies and music and so on and so forth right they they've conditioned so many people that that a, there's not a problem, but B, there can't be a problem because th th there's no way that a problem that large of a scale can 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 exist. Well, you know, those people are the types of people that don't want to admit that they need to be rescued, let alone be rescued. So, you know, here's the thing, folks. Don't let yourself get drowned. Don't let yourself get drug underwater round metaphorically speaking okay now i'm not saying sock these people in the face but in order to save yourself you just need to evacuate their area don't don't let their negativity don't let their brainwash tactics you know their their brainwash you know uh mentality bring down your uh your ability to critically think right and to see things for what they really are just because they want to live in clown world doesn't mean that you need to come, you know, be taken out of reality here. But remember, the biggest important message here that I want to portray here is always turn to Father God because he will always have all the answers. He will always guide us and he will always be at our side as long as we have the proper intent to live and act in a righteous manner. And with that, I want to say good night to all you ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us here at His Hard Line. And we will be back here tomorrow for a part three for the Judiciary Act of 1789. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back tomorrow.
Remember, ladies and gentlemen, remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. Get to check out the website www.hisheartline.com and if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly go to www.national-assembly.net that's www.national-assembly.net it's time to get active ladies and gentlemen let's go Joining us here at His Heart Line. 
see you back here next time. time.